Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Seth Yolorda, and I wanna thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this week's message. Our prayer is that it will leave you inspired, encouraged, and challenged as you grow higher in Christ. And I also just wanna ask that if this message is a blessing to you, that you would take the time to share it, to send it to a friend, send it to a family member so that they too can be blessed. Again, we thank you for taking the time to listen, and we pray that you are blessed. Uh, With all of that having been said, we have been for the last couple of weeks uh, really talking about this concept of forgiveness. We we spoke in the first uh, Sabbath that I was with you on um, accepting forgiveness, that, that Christ has afforded us forgiveness, and we first and foremost need to accept that forgiveness. We talked about acknowledging, we talked about repenting, um, and, and overall, just accepting what God has given us, because if God has made it available, you know, um, imagine being a millionaire uh, in your bank account, but living in poverty. And many of us have all of the resources we need uh, at our disposal, but unfortunately, we're living in poverty. And so we wanted to accept what God has in the person of Jesus Christ afforded us. And then on last last week, we talked about applying that forgiveness. And many may have thought that the first person, the first place you want to try and apply it is somewhere else. Right? You want to oh, now that I've been forgiven, let me go and forgive a bunch of people. And the reality is you have to first start, as we would say when I was growing up, you have to start at home and home is sometimes yourself. Because it's easy for us to forgive other people. It's easy for us to grant other people grace and be merciful to other people. But unfortunately, the person who often suffers the most is ourselves. And what we talked about last week was when God says says to us in the book of Leviticus, in Matthew, in Mark, James, Paul, all of them say that we must love our neighbors as ourselves. And so imagine uh, skipping the loving yourself part, attempting to love someone else. And so, so the admonition is to love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. And because it goes love God, love your neighbor, we easily skip from like, loving God to loving our neighbor, missing that if we don't have anything in our reserve, if we don't have anything in our reservoir, we are trying to pour into others out of an empty cup. Now, today, I was talking with um, the praise team, Ricky, Irene, I was about to say Natalie, isn't Natalie? You know that Natalie Natasha thing always throws me off. Have you ever been called Natasha? Good. I don't feel bad that I was about to say and Natasha and Natalie and um and and I'm missing the brother with the beard. What's his name? I don't want to acknowledge him. I mean, he over there with the grown man beard. I'm over here struggling. I'm not acknowledging him and his his far superior beard. I'm not doing that. Whoever this gentleman is over there, superior beard. And he's just show it off too. It's all nice and manicured and stuff. I'm saying I've been trying to grow this thing right here for God knows how long. So when y'all pray for me today, pray for a beard miracle. Come on. Uh, (laughs) But but today, but today, um, I really want to lean into something that Believe it or not, so I was talking to a friend, and, and give me some space today to just kind of just to just to kick it with y'all for a little bit. I was talking to a friend of mine today, and he uh, the other this week, and he was asking me about preaching and and um, some tips about preaching. And he was like, you know, uh, 
one of the things that you do well, Keith, is you go to old familiar stories and show us them in a different context and show us something new and exciting from them. And today, by the grace of God, I want to show you something that uh, I pray it will bless you and will put a nice bow on all that we've talked about for these three weeks that we've been together. Um, my custom is always to ask that you stand to your feet as we turn to the written word, which will prepare us for the preached word and will by God's grace honor and exalt the living word. We're standing to our feet and we're turning to Matthew chapter six and verse 12. Standing to our feet as we turn to the written word, which will prepare us for the preached word and will by God's grace honor and exalt the living word. And, and this morning, this morning, hear, hear me. I'm sure you have, you know, the, phone, the Bible on your phone. To the extent that you're able, if you have a physical Bible, I really would like you to use it this morning or keep your Bible app handy. And I'm sure you, you guys have come to understand I talk kind of fast, but I, I've been trying to slow it down. How have been doing, Paul? I'm slowing down. Thank you so much. Um, but I really, this, is, this, this, this message is probably the most important one that I have preached. And for that reason, I want you to walk with me through scripture this morning. Don't just sit and listen to me. Don't watch me be uh, somewhat entertaining. Thank you. Thank you. I was fishing for that. I was waiting. Um, but, but walk with me through this sermon. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. If you have Matthew chapter 6 and verse 12, let this bald head preacher know by saying, let's eat. The Bible says this singular verse, watch this, and forgive us. Now, you all know this. You had to see this coming from a mile away. From the moment they told you I was going to preach on forgiveness, you said at some point he got to deal with Matthew chapter six. Amen. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You may be seated in the very presence of our Lord God, Savior and soon coming King Jesus, the Christ father. Help us lest we perish. In Jesus' name, amen. While the, Lord's, while, the Lord's, while the Lord's prayer sits literally, listen to me, saints of God. The Lord's prayer sits literally in the middle of the Sermon of the Mount as its structural and theological center. But due to the numbering of the verses, verse 12 is smack dab in the middle. I would suggest it is the climactic point of Matthew's form of the Lord's Prayer. Are you with the preacher? Let me do it one more time. So imagine you have a microscope and you you zoom in on the Sermon on the Mount. Y'all with the preacher? If you zoomed in, you would come to the Lord's Prayer as the theological and structural center of the Sermon on the Mount. You with me? But then if you zoomed in just a little bit more, you would find that verse 12 is the center of the Lord's prayer. Why do you say that, preacher? Because Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, 10, 11, 12, and I'll get back to that. And the reason why I'm going to come back to that is because we pray the Lord's prayer and we believe, watch this, watch this, watch this. We believe because the word amen appears in verse 12 that that is the conclusion of the prayer. But I want to, I want to say, stop, 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 stop. I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that. The reason I want to come back to that is because there's something real, real, real good. I mean, it's real, real good about the chronological placement of the prayer in Luke's account. Y'all with me? Now, 
This is, this is, this is, this is, this is. This is definitely worth noting, saints of God, because Luke's is the most chronologically sound and researched gospel of what we call the synoptics. Everybody know what the synoptics are? Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those are the three. The word synoptic means the same, right? But Luke's is the most chronologically sound and researched of the synoptic gospels. Because not only was Luke a physician, he was also an investigative journalist. Watch this, y'all. Come on, this is good. Now, I want y'all to turn with me. Again, we started Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer. Theological center is the Lord's Prayer. Theological center of that is the forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. But I want us to come back to that later because I want you to look at Luke's account in Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. What book did I say? What chapter did I say? This is very important. I said chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Turn with me to Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. And when you have it, say amen. Now, I want you to notice this. Luke, what chapter again? <laughs> I'm just going to get y'all. I'm telling you. All right. The Bible says in Luke chapter 11 and verse 1, Elder Paul, it says, and it came to pass that as he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place, when he stopped or when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, this is good, watch this, y'all. One of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, that in and of itself blows my mind, right? But, 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 but watch what he follow, they follow up with. It says they follow up with, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. <laughs> now, 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 the first thing to notice, and while it may be minor to everybody else, I just love this kind of stuff. What kind of stuff you may ask? Well, I'm glad you asked because it allows me to nerd out on y'all a little bit. Here's the kind of stuff that I live for in scripture. <laughs> Things like Peter had a wife. Peter had a wife. Y'all know that, right? Because Jesus healed Peter's. I love this. I love this kind of stuff. Paul, now watch this one. Paul had a sister and a nephew. So Peter had a wife. Paul had a sister and a nephew. And John had a prayer. And not just any old prayer, y'all, but a prayer that a disciple, most likely John the Beloved, regarded so highly, he asked Jesus, who based on Luke's chronology of events, had, oh God, come on, hello, had already healed Peter's mother-in-law, had already cleansed a leper, had already healed the centurion's paralyzed servant. Listen. This, this disciple goes up to Jesus and says, Master, teach us to pray as John taught 
his disciples when Jesus has already healed a mother-in-law, cleansed a leper, healed a paralyzed person, healed the paralytic Lord through the roof. He's already healed the withered hand. He's already raised the widow of Nain's son and Jairus' daughter. He's already calmed a storm and he has already fed the five and four thousand. And they come up to that man and say, teach us to pray. Like, are y'all listening to me? Am I talking to myself? Because while I could go on and on and on on this point, this is extraordinary that they would ask Jesus to teach them to do something that or the way or even with similar style and content as John. And while Jesus does refer to John as the greatest prophet born of a woman, his greatness prostrated itself before the incomparable greatness of our Lord and Savior. Now, the next thing about that verse, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples, is irrespective of all they had seen and experienced up to that point, which included everything we said earlier. They wanted to learn how to pray. Y'all not with me. I could tell. Holy Spirit. I need you to just saturate this room with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I need y'all to get this. This is important. They had seen all of that, and they asked Jesus to teach them to pray like John taught his disciples. With me. They saw all of that, and they say, Jesus, teach us to pray. Not teach us to heal a paralytic. Not teach us to calm a storm. Not teach us to raise the dead. Teach, are y'all listening to me? Do you get what I'm saying? They say, Master, teach us to pray. They wanted to learn to pray. The disciples didn't want to learn how to preach. They wanted to learn to pray. The disciples didn't want to learn how to uh, speak in tongues. They wanted to learn how to pray. They didn't want to learn how to sing. They wanted to learn how to pray. They didn't want to learn how to fundraise. They wanted to learn how to pray. Something we might also benefit from. The thing they were most interested in learning from Jesus was how to pray not how to grow a church, how to pray, not how to baptize more people, how to pray, not how to get more decisions. Lord, teach us to pray. However, this is a, a strong request. One that famed 19th century preacher Charles Bradley said spoke of their conviction about the importance the true nature and the difficulty of prayer while simultaneously demonstrating a desire for an increase in their ability to pray. While this intense interest in prayer is commendable, it comes at a most curious time. Stay with me, I'm going somewhere. Now remember how I said Luke's was the most chronologically sound gospel. Well, if this is what happens in the first verse of chapter 11, I want y'all to join me over in the ninth chapter of the same gospel. And I'm going to show y'all something crazy. Everybody with the preacher, this is why I said, keep, this, I, 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 this is one of those, I don't want you really shouting, y'all have to, I want y'all to study with me. Can you study with me? Now remember, start off Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, forgive us as we forgive our debts. We moved over to Luke chapter 11, verse 1 where the disciples come after all they'd experienced with Jesus and say, Master, teach us to pray 
But now I want you to back up with me to Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. Now watch this. <laughs> the Bible says, then he, Jesus, called his 12 disciples together and gave them power. Stop reading. Stop reading. Stop. Stop reading. Luke chapter, I'm sorry, I've got to have this thing. Two, I'm two, where I'm going, I'm going to fall? No, I ain't going to fall, but you'll catch me. Luke, 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 Luke chapter 11, <laughs> the disciples come and say, teach us to pray. Luke chapter 9, verse 1, the Bible just said, Jesus called them and gave them power. Now, 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 the word power in the Greek is the Greek word dunamis. We get English words like dynamite and dynamic from this Greek word. Remember, 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 remember when the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of Jesus' garment? Y'all remember that? Well, well, our King James Version says, quote, virtue had gone out of him, end quote. But the Greek word for virtue in that text is actually dunamis. The same word here. Y'all missing it. It's the exact same word. When, when, when virtue left him, it's the Greek word. The word is not virtue. It's dunamis. Similarly, when, when, when John forbids someone he saw casting out devils in Jesus' name, Jesus told him not to because, quote, no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. The word miracle in that text is the same Greek word dunamis. Preacher, you are going somewhere. Stay on the train, y'all. The Greek word for miracle is also dunamis. So let's just say, let's just say dunamis, dunamis is explosive miracle working power. Somebody needs to get this. Somebody needs to get this in their spirit. Your calling comes with explosive miracle working power. And if the text stopped there, that should be enough to make everyone in this church get up, leave and go literally change the world. When Jesus called you as a disciple, he literally gave you explosive miracle working power. This makes that concept of making your calling and election sure that much more important. Have you secured and realized your calling? Because if you have, Jesus has equipped you with explosive miracle working power. <laughs> but it doesn't stop there. Can I read the text some more? He called <laughs> his 12 disciples and gave them power. What did the text say, y'all? And authority. <laughs> now, now the word authority. <laughs> this is so good. Now, the word authority in Luke chapter 9, verse 1, is the Greek word exousia. This is important. I don't normally do all this Greek stuff. I do. I'm lying. I do the Greek stuff. Right? But this is important. The Greek word here, exousia, this word appears in two very important passages. One of them is literally one verse before Jesus gives what Christians refer to as the Great Commission. Remember Luke? I mean, sorry, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. The Bible says... Jesus shows up and says, all power 
is given unto me in heaven and in earth. The word power in Matthew 28, 18 is not dunamis, it's exousia. And in every other version besides the King James, do you know how it's interpreted? Authority. Now, do you know what the etymological root of the word authority is? Author. Remember, Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. <laughs> right? So, get, get, get it. So, Jesus, the, the other place, the other place, the other place is in Luke chapter 10, and it's important. I'm going to come back there in a minute. Here is the, watch this. Jesus literally says to the disciples, I'm giving you all power. Come on, Holy Ghost. I need y'all to get this in y'all spirit today. The Bible says Jesus called the disciples and gave them dunamis and exousia. Let, 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 let's just call uh, exousia authoritative command giving power. All right. So check this out. As disciples, Jesus had already given us dunamis, explosive miracle working power. But then he has the nerve, <laughs> the unmitigated gall to also give us exousia. You didn't catch it. You being called comes with explosive miracle working power and authoritative command giving power. Is there anybody in here? No, okay, I ain't gonna shout y'all. Cause see, y'all shouldn't even be sitting here no more. Everybody should have got up and left this building. Let me tell you why you should have got up and left this building. Because if you are called, and oh God, I could have stopped here, I could have stopped here, I could have stopped here. If you are called by God, you have explosive miracle working power and authoritative command giving power. Thank you back there in the back clapping your hands. I'm going to try that one more time and pretend. If you are called by God, you have explosive miracle working power. And authoritative command giving power. Thank you. See, because it's one thing, it's one thing, it's one thing to get a meal, right? You pull up, you know, I don't know what y'all favorite restaurant is. You open your bag, you only order one impossible whopper. You open up your bag and there's three. Come on, somebody shout and say amen. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so Jesus has the nerve to give you a bag that doesn't just have power in it, but it also has authority in there as well. And if I stopped, that should have shouted y'all off your seats. But the text doesn't stop there. The text goes on to say he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority Over all devils. Jesus, Jesus, come on, y'all get this. Jesus gave you explosive miracle working power. Let's look at that in the vacuum. And authoritative command giving. Let's look at that in the vacuum. Having one or the other would have been enough. Yeah. Just have.
having dunamis would have been enough. Take away the dunamis and give me exousia, that would have been enough. But he has the nerve to up the ante and say, I've given you all power and authority over all devils. Why y'all struggling with the devil of lying? Come on, 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 come on. You got to be kidding me, y'all. And I want to stop there. (laughs) I could stop there. But can I read the text a little bit more? He called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? And to cure disease. No, no, no. Thank you, thank you. Amen, amen. But that's not what I'm fishing for. I need y'all to sit in that for a minute. Sit in that. Sit in the fact that just with the calling, you get explosive miracle working power, authoritative command giving power over all demons and to cure disease. Sit, come on, sit in that for a minute. I want to... I told the, the praise team, I said, I don't even need my notes to preach this. Because this thing is, this thing is crazy. Y'all probably wondering, what does this have to do with forgiveness, right? What does any of this have to do with forgiveness? Because here's what it has to do with forgiveness. Now, <laughs> I'm sorry, this tickles me to death. Because I want you to turn to Luke chapter 10 and verse 17 real fast. That's what I said, stay with your Bibles. Luke chapter 10 and verse 17, I believe it is. Watch this. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. If you got it, say amen. All right, because I want you to see this. Now, I'm, let, me, let me walk you back. Let me, let, me, let me walk you back. Tell you where we started. We started in Matthew 6, verse 12, remember? Right? Then we move to Luke chapter 11, verse 1, and we see the disciples saying, Lord, teach us to pray. It's the beginning. So Matthew chapter 6 verse 12 is the prayer, the middle of the prayer. But Luke chapter 11 is the impetus behind how they got the prayer. Y'all with the preacher, right? So then he says, all right, here's the prayer. Boom, he hit him with the prayer. But I backed up and I said, let's go to Luke chapter 9 and verse 1 where he gives them power, authority over all demons and every disease. Now, in Luke chapter 10 verse 17, let me tell you what you're looking at. You're looking at the disciples coming back to Jesus and saying, yo, it works. That's what it is. They come back to Jesus and they say, yo, yo, you know that power stuff you gave us? You know that authority stuff you handed us? You know that overall devil stuff? It actually works. Jesus says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Satan falling like lightning. Now, now here, let me give you an illustration of what this is like, right? So, boom. If I told you I was giving you a million dollars, um, <laughs> you shouldn't try to cash a check I write. You shouldn't. You're going to jail. I'm not visiting you. Right, if I write down on the check, hey, million dollars, here's a check, go cash it, you in trouble. Right? Don't work. However, I'm being honest. I know I'm a preacher. I know what this is going to mean when I say this. It's going to shake some of y'all. If LeBron James 
wrote the number $1 million on a piece of paper, random scrap paper, napkin, and put his name on it. I'm going to go to every bank in L.A. until somebody gives me it. Are y'all listening to me? Because I know he got it. Hey, no, 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 this is LeBron check. There ain't no check. I'm, this is a check. He didn't have a check ready. He told me to bring this to you. You're going to give me They'd be like, well, he do got it. In essence, the disciples, realizing what Jesus had given them, went out and used it, came back and said, it works. It, it, it works. It, it actually worked. All right, so here it is. Y'all ready for, for, this is what we call the tension. Are you ready for the tension now? So why don't y'all do that? Why, why don't you, 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 why don't you take authoritative command-giving power over your bad attitude? Why, 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 why am I not taking authoritative command-giving power over my mean spirit? Oh, over my lying spirit. See, these are, see, these are spirits. These are demons. These, these are devils. Are y'all listening to me? Why am I not taking my authoritative command-giving power over my gossiping spirit, over my, my licentious spirit, over my, my lying spirit? Why, if Jesus has already given me authoritative command-giving power, am I still wrestling with telling the truth? Am I still wrestling with where my eyes go? Am I still wrestling with some of my thoughts? If Jesus has already given us all of this authority, why aren't you using it? No, 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 that's not it. No, no. Or, 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 or what about this? What about this? What about this one? What, what about when the doctor says you have high blood pressure? Why, why, don't you, why don't you pull out your explosive miracle working power? Huh? What about when the doctor says you have diabetes? Why, why, why aren't you using your explosive miracle working power? What about when he says you have congestive heart failure? Why aren't you using your explosive miracle working Why, when you got breast cancer, didn't you pull out your explosive miracle working power? Why, when they say you got prostate, why aren't you, why aren't you pulling it? Why aren't you using it? Why, why, why you don't got it? Why you not using it? And this is the thing that people run around who don't believe in Christ and who don't believe in the church are saying, that's not true. I ain't seen you raise no dead people. I haven't seen you do greater works than he did. Where is the power? Where is the authority over every devil, devil and every day? Where is it at? Where is it at, y'all? I'm going to tell you where it is. It's been short-circuited. You have, you have literally... We have short-circuited our access to unlimited resources. Why? How? Here we go. Now let's go to Matthew 6. And you don't even need to go there because you know about heart. You, 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 <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know the Lord's Prayer by heart, don't you? Our Father, come on. Which art in heaven, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Give us this day. Uh-huh. 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 Why would y'all stop? No, that's not the end of the tea. See, that's what, and see, that's it. So, so if you look at the structure of the text, 
The structure of the text shows you that the Lord's prayer does not end in verse 13. It actually ends with verse 15. Look at how your Bible has been so nicely organized for you. And it will show you that verse 14, Jesus realizes you missed the, what did, well, God, I told y'all, if you zeroed in on the Sermon of the Mount, you'd come to the Lord's Prayer. If you zeroed in on the Lord's Prayer, you'd come to verse 12, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And Jesus knew we'd forget it. So he closes with, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trust did you notice that Jesus realized we might miss verse 12 so before he closes the prayer he circles back to the most important or the central moment of the prayer which is forgiveness the disciples had all of this power all of this authority they went on they were doing stuff and they hit a wall they reached the limit they said, something ain't right, Jesus. Uh, uh, teach us to pray. And Jesus, realizing the malfunction, said, okay, pray this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debt. We forgive our debt. He, he laid it all out. He said, oh, hey, but now, by the way, don't forgive. You short circuit access to unlimited explosive miracle working power short circuit authoritative command giving power short circuit that power and authority over all devils short circuit power and authority over every disease you not struggling with diabetes because the medicine don't work we're struggling with diabetes because there are people we won't forgive you're not struggling with a lying spirit because your mama was a liar. You're you struggling with a lying spirit because there are people in your life you won't forgive. And who was the first person you needed to start with? You. And here's the, here's the thing about this Lord's Prayer. This is so powerful to me, y'all. The, the disciples, <laughs> the disciples, Elder Paul, they, they already got all power and authority over every devil and disease. They come back and say, teach us to pray. Guess what you do in your prayer? <laughs> Ask for power over devils and disease. <laughs> you got it already. <laughs> You're praying backwards. <laughs> Lord, give me power over. I got this disease. Can you heal me, Lord? Like, you got that already. That ain't your problem. Your problem is you won't forgive your father for being mean. The problem is you don't forgive your mother for being an alcoholic. The problem is you don't forgive yourself for allowing yourself to get pregnant and then for the abortion. The problem is you won't forgive yourself for being an alcoholic. You don't forgive yourself for being abusive. You don't forget. That's the problem. The problem isn't that diabetes is running. Thing. No, no, no. The problem is you are short circuiting it by not forgiving somebody. And here is where we miss the whole concept of the Lord's prayer. When we're praying here, oh God, please help me deliver this right now. We praying for ourselves all the time. Can I show you the Lord's Prayer again in new light? What is the first word of the Lord's Prayer? Our. This prayer ain't about you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, talk to me. Give us this day our and forgive us, 
our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Are y'all hearing me? This prayer is about other people. It ain't about you. And watch this. And nestled in there. Come on, God. Nestled right in there. Come on, please get it. Y'all know, y'all all educated folk. The word and is a conjunction to sim. <laughs> Christy, to simulate equality. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. So <laughs> give us the, come on, talk to me. Give us this, our Well, I want you to narrow it. See, see, zero in on, give us this day our daily bread and conjunction, equality, and forgive us our debts and our debtors. Why? How often do you have bread? The text told you. How often do you have bread? How often should you be forgiven? You won't make it out of your house and back home without having to forgive somebody. But we get on our hands and knees and ask God to get this, uh, get this rash off of my back. <laughs> Do y'all see what the devil has done to us? We, we, we can talk about all of the prophecies and, and all of these things. And he's like, that's fine. Just don't forgive nobody. As long as we're walking around harboring unforgiveness, we don't have explosive miracle working power. We don't have authoritative command giving power. We don't have that over all devils. We don't have that over every disease. And the devil knows he got you. You got no defense. That's why you can't take authority in your family. You have no defense. That's why you can't take authority over your health. You have no defense. That's why you, you, we are defenseless because, you know what? He parked in my spot. I saw you. I, I saw you. You even came back, got in your car, and moved to an. I watched you, and I hit you. Walked into church. Sister Paula didn't speak to me last week. Hmm. Right? We, we, imagine. Brothers and sisters, friends of mine, beloved of God, imagine some of the things you're not forgiving people for. How minor and minute they are. And, and how if you just got that out the way, what you could be experiencing in your life, Jesus could quite possibly come back. Because these 12 men had this explosive miracle working power, this authoritative command giving power over all devils and to cure disease, and they changed the world in less than 30 years. We've been going to church and a part of a denomination that's 160 years old, and we ain't even changed. <laughs> Forgiveness, y'all. And I had to learn this the hard way. I wasn't preaching this either. Didn't care nothing about it. I was being deep. I was baptizing people. I was going all over the world preaching the gospel. Came to Christ in 2002. Mm -hmm. Came to Christ in 2002, got baptized. I mean, the first evangelistic series I ever went to I was conducting in Australia. Yeah. Right? 
What y'all don't know is I grew up in South Central Los Angeles. Gang culture, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. My mom and my dad both, like many other people in the 80s, succumbed to crack. Right, but my mother was a special case. <laughs> and we got to a place in our relationship where I just couldn't be around her. I didn't talk to her. I actually could not forgive her. For, for, and, and I ain't going to go, I mean, like, I could, if, I, if I walked y'all through my life, I don't need nobody to tell me miracles are true. <laughs> I, don't need, I, don't need no other, I don't need no other evidence. I need no other plea, Right? One year, I was, in, I was about to do an evangelistic series in Columbus, Ohio. And something just hit me. I said, oh, man, let me, let me check the obituaries in Bakersfield to see if my mother is dead. That was the thought I had. Are y'all listening to me? Because, because there were things that happened in my childhood that my mother was the central reason why those things were happening. And I was in my mind like, who does this to their children? I need to stay away from, my, my, my mother never met my children. So I get a call, I'm pastoring the largest church in Philadelphia, I'm pastoring the church, and I get a call from my brother, who, I'm, I'm literally, I could go through my story, and y'all would be like, oh, this is painful, right? I get a call from my brother, he says, hey, Mark, uh, looks like mom is going to check out. He calls me, listen to me, hear me, he calls me. He says, uh, yeah, so when he told I go, okay, cool. He said, man, if you, you know, you should probably, you should probably get here. I'm living in Philadelphia. She's in Bakersfield. You should probably get here. I go, yeah, all right, cool. I don't even tell my wife because my wife is made of sugar and spice and everything nice. <laughs> right? And, and what she would have did is immediately tell me, get on a plane and go to California. So I, can I be honest with y'all today? Can I? I intentionally waited. hoping that the next call I would get either the day after was that she was already dead. But those calls didn't come. So now I'm talking to my wife and I say, yeah, uh, so my brother called me and my, 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 my mother's dying. She said, oh my God, we got to go to California. I said, no, not really. I haven't decided if I want to go. I called up my pastor, my actual pastor, and I said, here's why I'm not going. And I yelled and I screamed. And can I be honest on today, y'all? I cussed. I'm not going. No. He listened. And when he was done, when I was done, he said, you finished? I said, yeah. He said, now get on the plane and go to California. <laughs> I called my mother-in-law, the one I told y'all about last week. I called my mother-in-law. I said, mother, I need you to pray for me right now. My mother is sick. She says, she says okay. She goes into prayer. And I'm telling y'all, if y'all ever meet my mother-in-law, she'll change your life. Literally, I'm not joking. This is not hyperbole. I, I call my mother on. She says, the Lord is telling me to tell you. This is right. Boom. Take your oil. And it didn't click then, Elder. It didn't click yet. She says, because you're going on dual assignments. You're going as a son and as the man of God. So my wife and I get on the plane. We come out here in California, go to Bakersfield. My wife says, okay, do you want me to go? I said, no, 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 no. See, this is a different world. You don't know this part of me. You don't know this side of me. You don't know this part. You don't know this. I said, so, you know, you just, you, you stay at a hotel. I'm going to go down to the hospital, just, you know, do my due diligence. I looked in. Now, let me tell y'all, 
On the way, on the plane, I read three books on forgiveness. A lot of what I'm preaching to y'all, these, this is what I learned in, on the plane. Because I didn't want to go. So I get, I, get to the, I, get to the, I get to the thing, and one of the things I learned, you got to forgive people from your heart, from your heart, y'all. Because when you don't forgive people from your heart, uh, uh, for unforgiveness in your heart is like getting a pebble in a wound that you don't tend to, that can get gangrene, and they end up losing the limb. I mean, is that something you, you think, a pebble in my, no, 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 leave it in there, watch what happens. They'll be taking that arm. Right, and that's extreme, but it's pop. So, so you, he says, I forgive you from my heart. Right, so I'm walking into the thing, you know, whatever, boom, got my oil with me. I stopped by the little flower shop, pick up some flowers, Stephen, and I put on the card, I forgive you from my heart. Right? Walk, into, walk up there, and the nurse sees me with the flowers. She says, wait, 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 wait. I said, oh, what's up? She can't take those in there. I'm like, wow, it's that bad. And for the first time in probably my entire life, but definitely in the last 12 years, it had been 12 years since I had spoken to my biological mother. And for the first time, probably in my life, but definitely in 12 years, when I looked in the room and saw all the tubes and stuff in her, my heart broke for her. My heart broke because I realized, you know, how the devil had just, you know what I mean? Because I, I know my mother's whole story. I was her oldest child. And so I look and I begin to cry. <laughs> Sis, I begin to cry. The nurse says, why are you crying? She Okay. <laughs> Y'all didn't hear what I said. <laughs> Nurse said, why are you crying? Is she all right? You want to talk to her? I said, talk to her? She said, yeah, I just turned on the sedation and she'll be, she was just talking to us five minutes ago. Can I be honest? I'm a little angry. Because I wouldn't have come. I wouldn't have come. I turned on the sedation. Blinks her eyes open. She opens her eyes. She looks at me and she says, I didn't think you would come. And so I go, oh, you know, of course I will come. So I, I, I pray for her. I pull out my oil. Anoint her and pray. <laughs> Literally, you uh, my brother comes down. We laughing and joking. I'm showing her pictures of my church. She's amazed. Wow, look at your church. I'm showing her pictures of the kids. Boom. Next day, my wife comes, meets her. <laughs> literally, this literally. Get on the plane. Go back to Philadelphia. She gets discharged. <laughs> and I'm up Wednesday doing prayer meeting. My phone buzzes. Two, about two Wednesdays later, I'm up doing prayer meeting. My phone buzzes. My brother says she died. Now, here's the thing, y'all. Let me tell y'all. Let me tell y'all something. Immediately in my spirit, I go to that place we go to as Christians. You know what place that is? Oh, Lord, thank you for orchestrating this for me. God, you're so good. Thank you that you did this before she died. Yeah, have y'all ever heard God's voice? For real. No, no, I don't, don't, don't play the games with me. I ain't heard his voice a lot. A couple times in my life, I've actually heard him. One of those put me in this church. Right? This was the, one of the other times. 
I said, Lord, you know, I go into, you know, I step back. I tell my first elder, y'all got the news. I go into my office and I sit down and I go, man, Lord, thank you for, for, for what you did. And, you know, I'm in my, in my spirit. And the Lord said, oh, no, that wasn't for you. Lord said, that, that wasn't for you. So now I'm wrestling in my spirit. What, what, what do you mean it wasn't for me? And that's when I realized what my mother-in-law had told me. Lord says to me, you think I was going to let her die? Letting her think I don't love and forgive her? You, as her son, are a representative of me. Had you not showed up, she would have thought I wouldn't. I'm not getting this. Y'all not getting this. He tells me yours will come later. That was for her. That was for her. She wasn't going to die thinking I didn't love her. She wasn't going to die thinking I didn't forgive her. This wasn't about you. This was for her. You know, you know what would be great for this turn? And I could say, oh, then I started forgiving and I preach with power now. And I got dunamis. I'm still trying to work through it too, y'all. I'm still trying to process it too. And it was crazy because when Pastor Seth was talking about preaching this stuff, I'm like, okay, here we go again. If I, if I could just what God would give us access to y'all and in, and, in, and in my story it's my mother I don't know that I would have forgiven myself for not showing up then I would have harbored that as well and, and, and think about it think about it y'all all of the things all of the people all of the situations that you've been in that you refuse you are withholding forgiveness and it's rotting us from the inside and we're wondering why all we do is go to church and nothing is really changing in our lives why isn't this building teeming with energy and people swinging from the chandeliers but you have to start looking at yourself in the mirror and saying God what am I not forgiving myself for what am I not forgiving someone else for so that you can unlock see here's the story this is it this is what it's like and I'm done I'm done this is what it's like it's like this like <laughs> You ever had this happen to you? You, you, you go to the store. <laughs> I've done it. Go to the store. Go shopping. Right? Go to the Target. Held the parliament in the Target, putting all of the stuff in the basket. Right? Get up to the to the cashier, put everything on the little conveyor belt. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? They ring everything up, it's all in the bags. Then they tell you how much it costs when you do like this. And then you got to tell them, I'm sorry. I don't have my checkbook. I don't have my, my debit card. I don't have my credit card, right? This is, what, this is what we're doing to ourselves. Listen to me. It's not, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. It's not that you don't have the money, right? You, you, you don't, you're not lying. You didn't, you didn't not have the money. You forgot the thing that gives you access to your money. 
You forgot the debit card. You forgot the, the, the checkbook. It's, you, you have the money. You have, all of the, you have all of the resources you need to pay for this little stuff on this conveyor belt. You just forgot that one thing that gives you access. And ladies and gentlemen, friends of mine, beloved of God, forgiveness is the thing that we're forgetting that gives us access to dunamis, that gives us access to exousia, that gives us access to power and authority over all devils, that gives us access to power and authority over every disease. It's forgiveness. It's the little piece of paper, the little plastic card that gives us access to forgiving. And right now, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I just want to pray with somebody. I want to pray with somebody. Because here is the practical today. You need to, you need to begin making a list. I told y'all last week, list it, confess it, and repeat. I, 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 could, I could literally pull out my phone and show y'all my list. Not only my list of the things, because when I had to forgive my mother, I had to list everything she did, everything I could think of, and then say, I forgive Cynthia for X. I forgive Cynthia for Y. I forgive Cynthia for Z. I forgive her for A. And, 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 and literally, I read all of that. And she was the first person. But then I had 20 other people on my list, y'all. And I had to go and I had to write down all the things that each one of them, I wish I could tell y'all the list was done. And, and it, see, because we get into this generic of Lord, forgive. No, no, no. And, 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 and the last person, quite possibly, that some of us are going to have to put on our list is ourselves. Lord, forgive me for allowing. Forgive me for the, and, and, and so, so here it is. But if you do that, if you do that, all of what you will have access to. And again, it ain't about for yourself because our Father, <laughs> which art in heaven. When you are at the point, when you pray that prayer, because let me tell you, at the center of that prayer, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, lead us not. You see, in that prayer, give us our daily bread. In that prayer, literally you are praying now that your enemy eat as much as you do and you don't have enemies because if you forgive <laughs> your father forgives you if you don't forgive he won't it's that simple heads about eyes are closed right now if you got somebody you want to forgive I need you to stand up if you have somebody you want to forgive you got to forgive I need you to stand up if you have somebody you need to forgive, I want you to stand up. If you have someone you need to forgive, I need you to stand up. If you have someone you need to forgive, I want you to stand up. If you're standing, if you're standing, I want you to repeat after me. Father, by the power of of your Holy Spirit I come in Jesus name I confess I am a sinner in need of forgiveness I invite you into my heart 
into my mind so that I might accept forgiveness, that I might apply forgiveness, that I might act out forgiveness. Save me, shake me for your purpose. And I thank you for by faith, I accept that forgiveness in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Now, right now, somebody under the sound of my voice, maybe that was the first time you ever prayed that prayer. It's called the sinner's prayer. And maybe you've prayed some variation of it before. If that's the first time you've ever prayed the sinner's prayer, let me see your hand. Father, you see these hands. I pray that you would give them access to the dunamis and the exousia over every disease and every demon. So that when all is said and done, God, we would be able to change the world for you. I don't know if there's someone under the sound of my voice. Elder Paula said that there's a baptism coming up. Maybe you need to get ready for that baptism. Maybe you hear God speaking to you saying you need to be reborn. If that's you, I want you to come down front. If you want to participate in this baptism, I want you to come down front. Particularly those of you, if your hand is up, this is the first time you prayed the sinner's prayer and you've never been baptized before or you saying, Lord, I want to rededicate, recommit myself to you. I want you to come down here right now. If you hear God speaking to you about baptism, I want you to come right now. Come right now. If you hear God speaking to you about baptism, I want you to come right now. Come right now. Heads about and eyes are closed. If it's not you, I need you to, to storm the gates of heaven for someone who may need to make that decision. God, I want you to give them the power to come down front. If that's you, just come. Just come. Don't come on. Come on. If it's you, come on. You want to participate in this next baptism. If that's you, I want you to come right now. gonna wait for you we're gonna wait for you father right now remove the enemy from this space so that the individual who needs to be a part of this baptism can make that decision right now to make their calling and election sure because with the calling comes so much we need to make sure that our calling so if that's you come on 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 if you want to be a part of this next baptism i want you to come even now all right we're gonna close we're gonna close father i pray that you would give us access to dunamis to exousia, not forgetting, but forgiving. In Jesus' name, amen.